What's up, guys? It's David Hess from the Rising Above podcast. Have you ever thought or dreamed about starting a podcast? Well, look no further. Anchor has all the tools necessary to record a podcast from your computer or phone. You heard that right. They make it so simple. When you host your podcast on Anchor, they will distribute your podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Honestly, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, which is why I host on Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. to the Rising Above podcast. Uh, my name is David Huss, and uh, today's special guest is Kevin Ross, or better known as the Death Soul Assassin. He's uh, a world champion in Muay Thai, and uh, he's, I'm honored to have him on my podcast. So, uh, Kevin, uh, my podcast is pretty much, I, I kind of told you a little bit about it. Um, it's, about, it's called Rising Above, and it's about people telling their life stories to help others, you know, maybe mm-hmm. overcome some of the same scenarios. So, yeah. um, I guess without, for, without further ado, would you mind kind of sharing your life story a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Just sum up 40 years for you real quick. <laughs> well, start, start off in, in your childhood and, uh, yeah. So I was born in, uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, at the time up until I was eight, I had what, Many would consider the picture-perfect American dream life, you know, uh, mother and father, loving mother and father, brothers and sisters, um, you know, good job. They had good jobs. We lived in nice homes, nice neighborhoods. Everything was great. You know, everything um, kind of just felt like that, like a dream. Well, I didn't know any different. So, But then yeah, I think about eight years old is when my parents divorced and we went from everything being perfect to just everything being destroyed and living in poverty and living on welfare and growing up and living in people's basements basements being basically not homeless but fortunately my mom had some friends that helped us out for the first few years and just went from moving to place to place school to school I never really had any uh, foundation you know any anytime we would moved to a new place, I knew it was only a matter of time before we'd be ripped away. I, I can't even count how many schools I went to or how many different places we lived over just the, you know, up until I was about uh, 13. Um, when I was 12, 13, I think, is when I went back to live with my father. And he he was, uh, he was in real estate, you know, and he was always living in these giant houses while we were living in poverty, you know, and I didn't never really... Uh, never really viewed him as like the problem you know I was always always kind of blame I think I blame him put the blame on my mother um whereas now I can look back and think why didn't you take care of us you know we we're we we're living in basements and you were living in these giant houses by yourself you know it doesn't it doesn't really make much sense but I was just you know happy to be out of that situation where I was living in one room with with five other people and you know that that thinking the grass is greener on the other side was uh, quickly realized that was not the case. And um, we actually, I thought once I moved in with my father, everything was going to be cool. But about 
two, two, three months later, ripped us out right again. That, that's when we moved to Vegas. Uh, that was 90, I think summer of 95. Um, so I grew up, I, I feel like I grew up in Vegas, even though you know, I moved there when I was 14, 15, but that's really where I developed a lot and you know a lot of a lot of bad seeds were planted there but even though they had been my my whole life really but being in that place at that time you know it was like like the perfect storm of, of just bad 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 scenarios going on so you know i grew up partying and drinking and wasting my life away pretty much i felt like i was a full-blown alcoholic by the time i was 18 drank every day pretty much was physically dependent on it to a degree and uh, I always had this, I wouldn't call it a dream of fighting. It was more like I was always very intrigued by boxers. I loved martial arts movies. I loved Bruce Lee, stuff like that. And it always it always piqued my interest. But it, I, was, I was a very shy person and, and non-confrontational, non-violent, very physically aggressive as far as like sports goes but i was never never violent in any way you know i didn't i hated i actually hated violence it like really bothered me a lot um but i was always really intrigued when i'd see people fight especially in the ring you know i just I just thought you know what what is that like to be in there with all these people watching you get in a fight you know it's like blew my mind and um you know it always piqued my interest and i thought maybe i'd give it a try one day but never really uh put any serious thought into it then uh that summer we moved to vegas in 95 i um i was watching espn at two o'clock in the morning and a muay thai fight came on and i'd never seen anything like it i was blown away by watching these guys in the ring and do something so vicious and brutal and violent but so pure and beautiful i was i was just mesmerized by it and uh you know I, I at that time i was like if i ever do try to fight or, or, or train or anything like that that's gonna be it that's what i'm gonna do I, I was hooked but but as i said i was busy partying and not really focused on those kinds of things so i, I just put it in the back of my head like everything else um but anytime i would see a fight it it would pop up I'm like oh yeah muay thai and i would think about it and I'm like maybe maybe I'll I'll give it a try one day and it was always it was always that thing like maybe maybe one day maybe one day maybe one day and the years that go by and um the partying got worse and events in my life got worse friends dying and going to jail and all these kinds of things and and you know that that was always like this <laughs> uh knocking me in the back of the head like there's this thing you want to do and you're not doing it because you're too busy partying you're too um concerned with whether you can do it or not you know letting fear dictate your life um and that almost made it worse because i it's like i had this thing that i wanted to do and i had to drown it by drinking more and partying more and ignoring it more and and, and just the, the worse it got and it, it like kept coming back and um were you in were you, uh, sorry, say, go ahead sorry. were you worried at at that time about losing some of the friends that you had well, I, um, I I had I had yeah. lost I had lost friends and um you know that wasn't uh it was more I guess it was more that the thing where you just like you just kind of accept the fact that you're not gonna live very long you know I never 
I never thought I was going to live to see the year 2000. I just had this date in my head. Like, it's not going to, I'm never going to see the year 2000. Either way, I'm not going to live in this world very long. You so, didn't, you didn't want to? It's not that I didn't want to. It's just, I just kind of accepted that it wasn't going to happen. You know, it was more like it was only a matter of time, you know? And instead of, taking advantage of the years that I had, I, I decided to piss them away and just keep partying that more like, what's the point kind of thing, you know? Right. And uh, ironically, I almost got in a fatal car accident, New Year's going into 2000. And, um, you know, we almost drove right into head on traffic and it just like flashed in my head, like, well, this is it, <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> And we just barely narrowly missed getting plowed by a semi truck by wow. inches, you know. And then I'd like to say that was a wake up call for me, but it was more like, well, that's when you were supposed to die and you didn't. So now what? You know, and from that point, um, progressively, a lot of things <laughs> increasingly got worse. Um, you know, I almost, almost, um, I got pulled over doing like 120 on the highway, drunk off out of my mind one night. And, uh, you know, I had like a, a month long series of wake up calls like that. And they were all like sequential. And, um, you know, a, a friend, a friend dying, a friend going to jail, myself almost going to jail. And it was really like, I felt like life was beating me over the head saying, if you don't wake up, you're, you're done, you know, and, and either you're going to listen or that's going to be it. And so like when, when I got pulled over and I actually, for whatever reason, the, the cop let me go, you know, I vowed to never drink and drive ever again, which was great, which I should, you should never do in the first place. But, um, that kind of helped in a way because, that really limited my options for going out and partying. So that 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 kind of helped me start to go on that road of, of, of not going out every night, not partying every night. And then I think because of that, I, the more I started thinking about the, this dream I had of of um, of fighting and actually my one of my friends passed away in um, uh, 1999. And he was he was the only person I ever told that I will. I had this dream of fighting, you know, I, ne I never, I never even expressed the desire to fight to anybody. And we were just hanging out one night and I don't even know why I told him. He just kind of asked me, we were just having all those conversations late in the evening, smoking weed and drinking forties. And he's like, you know, what, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? And, you know, to me at the time, it just felt like a ridiculous question because I didn't think I was going to live long. Like, what do you mean? What do you want to do with your life? Like, that's like asking, what do you would do? What do you want to do when you get on the moon? Like, it's not going to happen. So <laughs> what do you care? And then, you know, I actually like sat there and thought about it. And then, you know, I, I, I was hesitant, but I told him because I thought he was just going to laugh at me. And I think if you knew me back then, you, you probably would have laughed at me too, just, just because of the way I was and, and among the drinking and party and all that other stuff. But, um, you know, I told him and expecting him to laugh, he was just like, well, why don't you do it? I don't understand why you don't do it. And it really, um, you know, really hit me like, why don't I do it? And I started kind of telling him like, well, you know, I'd, I'd have to, I, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it all the way and I'd have to stop hanging out and partying. And, you know, and even at that time I was 18, 19, I, I thought I was too old to start. And he's like, you know what, man? He's like, those are all 
those there are those are all excuses but really you're just you're just you're just lying to yourself it's like if anybody can do it you can and i think you should and i i let myself kind of think about it for a minute like believe that it was possible but um you know we're right back to <laughs> drinking and, and forgot all about it but but that really like set with me you know and then when he passed away um he had a heart defect and uh needed a transplant and didn't get it and when he passed away in 99 uh i promised myself i was like he didn't get to live he didn't get to he didn't get to try going after a dream and i'm too scared to do this why because i'm i'm a coward <laughs> i i have all the uh, uh chances to do it even if i have all these reasons it's just because i'm afraid to i'm afraid to fail i'm afraid to try and I, I I made myself a promise, a promise to him that I, that would go after this. But unfortunately, his I mean, his death really sent myself and all of my friends uh, even farther down this bad road we were already on. We were already on it, but that was just like throwing uh, gasoline on the fire, you know. And um, through that, you know, things got things got really bad. Uh, but but again, that uh, that series of events and those that, that kind of month long time that was going into uh, um, what was that 2000, 2000 2001. Uh, and finally, I just uh, made up a decision. And so two thousand three is when I started. So and uh, going into two thousand three, um, I was talking to my dad one night um this was like must have been the beginning of january of 2003 and he uh we were just having this like deep conversation one night hanging out and he was like why why don't you tell me something you've never told anybody and i'm like what what does that mean (laughs) like (laughs) what like i killed somebody and i didn't tell anybody i'm like i don't even know what to say to that that's a pretty that's a pretty open-ended question (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I don't. I don't know where do you go with that. But um, you know that 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 idea of wanting to fight was just. It was like pressing into my brain, and I was trying. I was trying to think of something else I could tell him because I'm like, that's so stupid. Like, it's so stupid. It's the dumbest thing ever. Like, that's so dumb. Why would you say that? But I, I just couldn't think of anything. Like, time's going by painfully slow, uh, and and I was like, uh, well, I want. I, I want to fight. And he's like, what? You want to fight? What do you mean you want to fight? Like in the ring? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I've always wanted to do this. And, uh, you know, I kind of told him about that and told him about how I promised my friend Mo who passed away. I was like, I I made a promise to him that I would do that. And, like, it's been two years and all I've done is the opposite. You know, I've I've, I've been wasting my life and I just can't do that anymore. And, uh, you know, he made a deal with me. He's like, all right, if you quit drinking – I'll take care of your training because that was that was a big uh, thing that was holding me back. I'm like, I, I can't afford it. I can't afford classes. I can't afford training. I, I don't have to. I just can't. I'm like, there's no way. Among every other reason, I, I I didn't think I could do it. He's like, well, I can't do anything about all that other stuff. But if you promise to quit drinking and and dedicate yourself to this, I'll I'll take care of your training expenses. And um, I was drinking a forty at the time. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool deal. And uh, he, he was like, well, what about the drink that's in your hand? And I'm, I'm thinking, well, we could start tomorrow. You know, <laughs> we start right now. I'm like halfway through. You want me to... And then uh, I think, you know, I, I didn't even uh, argue because even then I kind of knew, you know, it's like you can't, you can't put things off anymore. 
you know, you gotta, you gotta start now and, and do whatever you can right now to, to start going down that road. So poured out the 40 then was in my hand and two days later I was in the gym and that's where it all began. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so the moment that you decided to kind of change your life, um, that, that I don't even, I don't really know where to go with that. Um, I'm sorry. Um, no, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a progressive thing. Cause, cause it's like one of those things like, like, how do you know, or when did it happen? But, but it was, it was a, it was a series of events, a series of years. It was, it was everything from the first day of learning about it, which was almost 10 years prior. Um, and you know, um, so you over spent, the years, you, you spent, yeah, ten, you spent 10 years from the point where you found out about Muay Thai to when you actually started. Yeah. So, so yeah, it took me 10 years to actually do it. You know, I, I, I mean, when I learned about it, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is dope. I want to do this. But just like most people, when they want to do something, they let every excuse in the world keep them from going after it. Oh, I'm not going to make it. Uh, it costs too much. I'm too small. I'm too old. I'm too, I'm too whatever, whatever it is. I, I, I was too everything to me. And then you know, when, when I finally realized, you know, when my friends passed away, I was like, you're never going to know unless you do it. You can, you can sit here and, and debate with yourself and question everything and list all these reasons about why, why it's pointless, why you're never going to achieve, but you're never going to know unless you do it. You know, every single person that's ever achieved anything has had reasons not to and excuses not to and and things that have held them back uh, especially things along the way you know once you decide that's that's probably the easiest part it only gets more difficult uh, but once you're kind of set on your uh, path um, that that's the easy part uh, following through with it and, and going through the work and the endless endless work and pain and sacrifice and failure and that's that's really where it gets difficult. Um, so when you decided to, you know, focus all your energy into doing martial arts, you obviously had to make a life choice to stop drinking, to stop partying, hanging out. I'm assuming with some of the friends you were hanging out with, that kind of led you down that path. Um, mm -hmm. what, did, what did those relationships look like afterwards? Well, that, that was one of my biggest fears was losing all of my friends. You know, these were people I'd spent almost the last decade with, uh, going to school with, um, after school partying just every day. I mean, it was my, 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 my family basically. And I had such a big fear of losing them. And, you know, fortunately none of them, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know how many of them took me seriously, but none of them were like banished me because I wasn't hanging out anymore. I thought I was an idiot. They were just like, Oh yeah, that's cool you know, I wish you were hanging out more, but you're not there, you know, so in that, in that regard, they were, they were very, um, supportive of it. I think particularly once they really saw how dedicated I was to it and that it was something I was doing, I'm sure most of them thought it was still just a, uh, kind of a temporary thing. Like eventually he's going to stop and realize this is kind of a, a, a hobby or something like that, you know? So for me to still be doing this, uh, almost 20 years later is, pretty crazy but yeah they were all they were all they were all cool and, and very uh very supportive of that you you kind of sound like you're a all or nothing kind of person 
Yeah, I am. So that goes for bad things and good things. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah, so it's a that that that's kind of always been my thing. Like if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. Like if I'm gonna drink, I'm gonna drink. <laughs> if I'm gonna train, I'm gonna train. You know, if I'm gonna be focused, and you know, I think I think like a lot of us, um, we don't realize that that energy can be pointed towards something positive. You know, I think I think energy in itself is doesn't have an emotion behind it. It's just a matter of what you put it towards you know and i i always put things in the context of fighting because it's like when you when you lose a fight that can be the greatest thing in the world if you use it correctly or it can be the worst thing in the world if you if you if you let it it's just a matter of uh what you choose to do with it and uh i was i was i think i was fortunate to have to face a lot of those things early on and and the fact that i did start so late in life and, and had already gone through so many things it really helped me pull out of those things into uh, the proper context and be able to use them as a benefit as instead of a detriment. You know, I got destroyed my first fight, like not even not even funny how bad I, yeah, I got destroyed. But, you know, it was it was I used it to catapult myself to where I am today. Just that having that really bad first first fight. And that was kind of a. Uh, that kind of set the tone for everything. Like once I had, I had that loss, you know, I had a few moments afterwards or maybe even a day of like, Oh, this isn't for me. I thought it was, you know, everything, cause everything up to that point. So it was nine months from the time I started to my first fight, my train, like I, 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 I came to fighting like, like a, like a fish to water, man. I was just like, I was picking it up. Like I'd been doing it my whole life. You know, people thought I'd been doing it my whole life that watched me train. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the road to success here. Like everything's working, everything's, everything's working out. I, I had like zero hurdles, no injuries, no problems, no nothing. Everything was, was, I was like dedicated and focused. I'm like, oh, this is what happens when you're dedicated and focused. Everything works out. Everything's great. And then that happened. And it was like, hit the brakes, man. And, and it's like, that's, it's not always going to work out the way you want it to. But, but what I realized in that moment was. Are you only going to do this if you're winning? Are you only going to do this when it's easy? Are you only going to do this when everything's working out? And I'd I'd answer those questions, and, and the answer for me was no. I love to do this, even if I never can win a fight ever. I love to do this, and I'm going to train my ass off to be as good as I can possibly be, because nobody else can tell me what that is. You know, I might not be the best in the world. I might not be a champion. I might not even be in the best in this gym, but I can still be the best I can be. And I don't know what that is unless I keep going and I refuse to give up and I refuse to let a loss or a bad day or a bad life uh, uh, hold me down. Um, so would you have any advice for people who are, you know, trying to get into shape or maybe they're chasing some sort of goal to uh, just improve their life? I mean, I, I like to tell people just don't give up. Keep trying. Yeah, even <laughs> it's the easiest. It's I'd say it's the simplest. Like everything's everything is very simple. It's just not easy, you know. Like don't give up. Continually keep your eyes focused on the goal and adjust. Make the adjustments. Put the work in. You know, failures in themselves are are, are lessons and learning. And you're learning how not to do something. As long as you keep striving and working and sacrificing towards that goal. Um, you, you're probably going to get there. Either way, you're going to be in a better place than you were. I think. I think. 
um, we need to make sure that we're being very honest with ourselves because a lot of us say that we really want something, but we're also not doing everything we can to get there. You know, we're making exceptions, we're taking shortcuts or days off or, or that kind of thing. It's very, it's very difficult to hold hold yourself accountable, you know, and that's why uh, it helps to have somebody that can hold you accountable with you, uh, um, somebody that's a, a partner or just someone that that's checking in on you. Um, I, I was fortunate in the sense that I did feel like I had already wasted so much of my life and so much of my time that once I started, I felt like, I felt like everything in my life since 2000 has been extra credit. Like I don't have, this isn't time to waste. This is that you're not supposed to be here anyway. So it was in that sense, it was pretty easy for me to say, this is gonna. This is helping, or this is hurting, and I'm only gonna do things that are gonna help. It was never even a, a debate in my mind. Like, oh, maybe I'll go out and hang out with the boys tonight. You know, it's Saturday. I've trained really hard. It was no. Is that is if it's either gonna help me or it's gonna hurt me. It it it's one or the other. Yeah. And so if you once you put it in those those terms, it makes things really clear. I think the, I think the problem is. We're just not honest with ourselves. I mean, most people know what they need to do to be successful, or at least they know they're doing things that are slowing them down. They just don't want to admit it, and and, and they don't want to put the work in. And that's okay, but be, you got to be honest with yourself about what you really want. You can't just say you want it, but then when something comes up, you change your mind. Right. It's got to be. It really does have to be a life and death thing. Like, this is my life. This I have to do this, or I I die. Right. Regardless of what it is, whether it's like going to school or, you know, mm. whatever goal. Like I just uh, I just ran a 50 mile race. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It was the dumbest, like smartest decision I've ever done. <laughs> like I actually just lost another toenail from it today. Uh, but, um, you know, like having to train for that run taught me a lot of diligence. I've, I've never trained like that for anything. And yeah. having to wake up every day and, you know, go for those really long runs in preparation for that race, you know, kind of set the tone for, for my life um, yeah. for the for that period of time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. it's, a, you know, a um, really great motivational speaker, Eric Thomas, he, he always puts these like, what's your why? Like, why are you doing this? And, and like, do you want it bad enough to lose some sleep do you want it bad enough not to hang out with your friends do you want it bad enough to skip a meal do you want it bad enough to give up your job give up a girlfriend that's only you can answer that but the clearer that answer is to you the the easier it's going to be because then it's not a you're not sitting there trying to figure out if you want to give this up for that or if you want to sacrifice this because really you're sacrificing for the unknown you're sacrificing things that you might not get to that place. And um, that's just, uh, that's on the individual. And I think the the more you can ask yourself that question and the more clear the answer is, the more likely you are to um, at least limit the things that are holding you back. You know, and I think with, uh, you know, fighting makes things, for me at least, it makes things very, very easy because someone's, trying to hurt me and could possibly end my life if I'm not training accordingly. Like they're trying to end me. And, uh, you know, when you, when you put it in those terms, it makes, it makes it pretty clear whether you want to go hang out with your friends on the weekend or whether you want to train. 
and I think if uh, if we if we would put things in that context, even if even if the outcome isn't as severe uh, as life and death, um, it makes it a little bit easier to figure out what is helping you and what is hurting you. Right. <clears throat> um, you said earlier that you just stopped drinking. You were at a point where you're just like, nope, I'm I'm done with that, and I'm going to start training in Muay Thai. And you you had said that you you drank and you had shakes. Um, mm-hmm. You would have to drink every single day because you had shakes. What was that yeah. like? Uh, I don't know. You know, I think it, I, I, because I was so focused, it, it was just like it's kind of like when you're uh, training for a fight and dieting and doing all this stuff you don't want to do. It's not it's not like, oh, this sucks. It's just, well, this is what I have to do to get there. It's It takes the emotion out of it. Not that that makes it easier it just takes the emotional like ah like dread and like oh this is painful i'm like yeah it's painful it's supposed to be painful it's supposed to suck like this suckiness is what gets you there you know strangely enough that actually you know for i'd say the beginning half of my career you know i went through that just like anybody else does waking up at five six in the morning like fuck dude like (laughs) this is awful like i don't want to do this i used to basically um want to get through the training aspects so much that i could get to the fight and then one day i I just had this realization like you're 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 rushing not rushing but but wanting to so badly to get to the fight you're just trying to get through training as quickly as possible like get the work in get to the fun thing like all of this is the fun thing i'm like that fight is five seconds right compared to you know, it's like 99% of our career is spent in 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 training and, and spent out of the ring. You know, that you're you're trying to skip over all that. Like you gotta enjoy you gotta enjoy the suck. It's part of the process. You know, yeah, and like once that shifted in my mind, it it changed everything. It changed everything. Like you need to learn to enjoy this, even even the really difficult stuff, because this is all part of the process. Yeah, and if this that once you realize this is what's going to get you to where you want to go, you can learn to enjoy the most awful, agonizing, painful process there is because you know where it's going to get you. And it actually it, it becomes the opposite. It's like the harder it is, like the more I want to do it because I know other people aren't willing to go through this sacrifice in order in order to have this. You know, and I was like, I, I wish I would have done that from the beginning, but you know, it's like you don't want to you don't want to fast forward through any parts of your life, even the really bad stuff, because because looking back, you're going to realize you missed out on, on, on so much. Right. Um, OK, well, so moving forward, um, you uh, you're a motivational kind of figure, right? <laughs> you... <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> try, I try to be I try to be, you know, I I, I understand that. I didn't really have that coming up and I, I know how powerful and impactful it is to have somebody in your life. And, and I have, I've been fortunate to have people in my life like that. So I really do my best to, I guess, be open, honest and transparent with all the ups and downs and of everything. And, um, you know, this sport quite literally saved my life. And, and, and I know how, um, positive it has been and and i want to 
share that in any way that I can. And that has nothing to do with, with fighting because I know that these lessons that I've learned uh, and this knowledge that I've had uh, translates to, to all aspects of life, not just uh, ring sports. I, I would say everything in the ring translates to life yeah. without question. It puts it under a, almost under a magnifying glass. So... Again, moving forward with your life, um, do you have any ambitions or aspirations to help um, I don't know, be a motivational speaker or help kids or yeah I mean that's that's uh, that's that... probably one of the the biggest things I would like especially you know helping the youth um, and and you know people with uh, bad circumstances and situations that is really what I would love most to do. Um, as far as how I'm going to do that and what I'm going to do, I don't really know. I, this is all, I just try to stay on the path that I'm on and, and navigate it as I'm going and, uh, take it, take it, take it where it goes. You know, I don't, I never, I never planned any of this out. It was just, uh, one day to the next, uh, trying to stay on the right course and adjusting, as I go, I don't, uh, I don't know, I don't know where this leads. You know, I, I, tr I try to take every day as it comes and live every moment uh, as it comes as well. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, I don't really have any further questions about any of that stuff. Um, I do have one question and one statement I'd like to make about your wife, Gina. <laughs> yeah. uh, we all know about that, um, and it's real unfortunate what happened to her. And I know you. Yeah. Probably, I know you probably don't want to talk about it too much, so I'm not going to ask too much about it. But uh, thanks. <laughs> you've, I'm sure you've heard a crap ton about it. Um, I, for one, just wanted to, you know, let you know that I support her, and uh, you know, there's I know a bunch of other people that do as well. So I appreciate it. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to ask anything about it. Just... All right. <laughs> but uh, better, better better leave it unsaid. Yeah. Well, I, pre I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and I appreciate you coming on. And I, I know it, you know, it took thirty minutes of your time, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I'm nervous as crap doing this. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's okay to be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it was a real honor to talk, sit down and talk to you, and have you come on. Um. I'm gonna send you an email because I want to send you like, a couple shirts and stuff. Um, okay. Dope. So, all right, man. Well. Thanks for coming on the Rise and Above podcast, and uh, it's been great having you. Thank you. I appreciate it.